I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 418 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, it is election day today in the United States, and I've got an awesome guest to bring you guys. John Cummings is a candidate for Congress in New York. He is looking to unseat the congresswoman and socialist known as AOC. John is born and bred in the Bronx, New York. He is a former NYPD officer who was injured in the line of duty. He went on to have a long-standing teaching career in the neighborhood, which he is so passionate about. I am honored that he took a few minutes here out of his day to talk with me about fatherhood and family life. I love what John brings to the table. He is a man who is connected to the community that he seeks to serve and represent. He is a family man and a man of faith. He would certainly make a great congressman. John Cummings will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with John Cummings was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the congressional candidate and myself, please get over to YouTube and hit First Class Fatherhood with a subscribe. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right. And if you guys are interested in listening to other dads who are running for office on this election day, who I've had the honor of interviewing on First Class Fatherhood, check out my conversations with John James, who is running for senator in Michigan, Sean Parnell, who is the only dad to appear on the podcast here three times. He is running for Congress in Pennsylvania. Navy SEALs Scott Taylor and Derek Van Orden are running for Congress in Virginia and Wisconsin, respectively. Victor Avila is running for city council in South Lake City, Texas. And Tito Ortiz is running for city council in Huntington Beach, California. All of these interviews are available to listen to at your convenience in the archives of the podcast. Okay, and I have also had the honor of interviewing the son of President Donald J. Trump, who is seeking re-election today. Eric Trump joined me on the podcast back on episode 296. All right, and dads, whatever happens today, please don't allow differences of political opinion to destroy your family. I know there will be a lot of unhappy people today, one way or the other, uh, so please try to show some love to each other. I pray that all of our elected officials will be able to keep our nuclear family units in mind as they propose new ideas and policies. We must have strong family units, involved dads, and loving father figures if we want to have any chance of having a brighter future in America here. So let's go, dads. As always, please help me spread the word about this podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with John Cummings. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, if we learned anything this last year, it's that building health and immunity is more important than ever. And that all begins with what you put on your plate. Belcampo is on a mission to revolutionize the meat industry for the well-being of people, the planet, and animals by farming meat the right way with certified humane, regenerative, and climate-positive practices, which means it's better for you, the planet, and the animals. That's a trifecta that I'm proud to be a part of, and right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can have Belcampo sustainably raised meats delivered right to your door using my promo code FATHERHOOD at belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood and get 20% off your first order. Go visit belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood, use the promo code FATHERHOOD at the checkout, and save 20% off your first order at Belcampo. Joining me now, First Class Father, John Cummings. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Alec, thank you for having me. 
All right, let's just start right here. How many kids do you have? How old are they? I have two sons, 27 and 25. Nicholas, 27. Matthew, 25. Both uh, doing extremely well professionally and making a lot more money than their dad does. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Uh, if you could, John, please just take one second here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background. Yeah, I, I'm running for Congress here in New York 14, but uh, most importantly, I was born and raised in the district. I grew up in the Parkchester section of the Bronx, uh, went to St. Raymond's Elementary, St. Raymond High School, bounced around for a little while, at, you know, in and out of college, odd jobs, and then I went on the New York City Police Department in 1983. I served there for eight and a half years, and I was injured in the line of duty, had to retire in 1991, and then I ended up getting back to my high school, St. Raymond's, and I taught there for 22 years and actually resigned about a month ago, mostly because of the election. It was just all too much. I couldn't give uh, my undivided attention to either, so I went full tilt on the on the campaign here. Yeah, I, I love what you stand for, John. I'm a Bronx guy myself. I'm born in the Bronx. My family sold cars on Jerome Avenue for most of his life. My whole family is from the Bronx. So um, I, it's just, about, you don't have to do the math here, but I mean, about how old were you when you first became a dad and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? I was 33, so I was a little older uh, than, than a lot of people. But the reason that we decided to, to wait was mostly because I had gotten injured and, and my life was really upside down at the time. You know, we didn't know exactly what was going to happen with my future, whether I would still be on the police department, whether I'd have to leave. And I had to leave because of the injury. Uh, so I was 33. And actually, when my oldest son was born, my wife was working and I was going to school mostly at night because I had to go back and get my degree because I hadn't finished up originally. So I was uh, I was the old Mr. Mom guy, you know. It was uh, I was doing all the shopping and all the cooking and all the cleaning, and my, my son and I went everywhere, and, and we had a great time. It, it kind of gave us kind of a unique start uh, to a father son relationship. Yeah, awesome, John. And and, and jumping right into it here, obviously, uh, you know, you're, you're running against AOC. One of the big bones I had to pick with her was last year when she mentioned that she didn't think it was ethical for people to have kids. She was questioning whether or not people should bring children into this world. And I, I'm quite the opposite on that. So well, why, why did you decide to run and what was the response from your family when you made the decision? There was a several reasons why I decided to run. I mean, one is I despise socialism and, and the congresswoman is a socialist. Uh, the other thing was my students for a very long time were after me to run. I mean, I was government and history teacher. And I was like, Mr. Cummings, you know so much about this stuff. You know, why don't you, why don't you do something about it rather than teach us? I didn't know how to accept. I didn't know how to take that, actually. But uh, I took it the right way. And then finally, I, I saw an opening here and I, I figured I'd give it a shot. As far as my family is concerned, I, the, I guess the, the impression that I got from them was exactly what I would expect. The reaction I got from them, rather, uh, is that. I think, and I think it has to do with how they were raised. They were basically like, is this what you want to do? You know, I know you thought it through, but you know, this is what you want to do. And I was like, yeah. And they said, that's great. No regrets. That's, that's the way that we've always tried to look at things in my family all around is no regrets. Um, I'm 60. I, I didn't want to be 70 and look back and say, oh, you know, 10 years ago, I should have run for office. And it's been, they've been very encouraging and supportive since then. Yeah, good stuff, John. And staying right there, what would you say are the top values that you hope to instill in your kids as they were growing up? I just, I think personal responsibility. You know, you've, you know, if you if you do it, you own it. You break it, you own it. You know, it's but just to and perseverance and to persist. You know, I I I was very fortunate to realize that through through my faith mostly 
that I was in very little control of what was going on. And I think the longer you live, the more you realize that. And I think that's really what has allowed me to get through, allowed me to get through this, uh, this election and this campaign is that uh, it's, it's really out of my hands. You know, yeah. you work as hard as you can, you do as much as you can, and then the rest of it is, is in God's hands, not my hands. Yeah, well said, John. And one thing I speak about all the time on my show here is the fatherless crisis that we have going on in our country. We got way too many kids that are growing up without a father or a father figure in their life. And it's really having devastating results on our society. Have you seen this on the street as a police officer, in the classroom, as a teacher? And what could we do to kind of strengthen our family units, maybe from a political standpoint? Oh, sure. I certainly see it. And, you know, like I said, the, the past 22 years I spent teaching in a local all boys Catholic high school. And, and one of the things that we do deal with is exactly that. Uh, where 57% of the students are a single parent family. And, and it, it really, I think it really benefits the young men uh, that they're in an all boys school and that there are positive male role models in the school. Not that we're necessarily father figures, but that there is guidance there. We also have a very strong guidance department at the school, which helps tremendously. It's one of the reasons also why I favor vouchers. Uh, I think school vouchers are extremely important when you have people who are struggling economically, single parent family, and their sons or daughters are trapped in failing schools. Uh, in my case, it would be sons because I taught in a boys' school. When they're trapped in failing schools, their only way out would be through a voucher program where a parent could get, say, a $10,000 voucher and get their sons into smaller schools uh, that have strong male role models. And, and, it, and it really is beneficial to the entire community. Uh, the other thing that that we do in that school and in a lot of other schools, especially religious schools, is there's a service component. So you realize that not only is it important to, like I said, be responsible, but you're also responsible to the community and that the more you give back, the, the more you receive in the end. Yeah, good stuff. And, and with the school system, we know a lot of the school systems are failing in New York. And, and right now, the big thing for everybody on the election this year is the coronavirus, the way it's affected all of our lives. Um, and, and this has really devastated the school system because now you got these kids learning from home and it's hard on the teachers, hard on the students. So how do we get the kids back into the classroom in a safe and when do we get them back in, in a safe way? Yeah, it's a great question, Alec. You know, I actually wrote an op-ed all the way back in April that I thought that they should reopen the schools in New York City in June. And people were like, wow, that's really pretty radical. And, and my, whole, my whole idea behind that was the New York City public school system has 1.1 million students in it. If 5% of those students, 5% were living in abusive households, that means you had 55,000 children trapped in abusive households every day. And when you weigh that against the amount of children who suffered from COVID, I, I, it's unbelievable. I think, I think there were four children that died from COVID-19 in the New York City public schools. Obviously, that's tragic for all the parents and everybody involved. But what's more tragic are the 55,000 children that are trapped in, in these abusive households. That's psychological, physical, and sexual abuse. And I think they need to open the schools as soon as possible. I think the science pretty much shows that children don't get it. Uh, our school, uh, where I taught, they opened on September 8th, three weeks before the public schools did. Uh, they were very careful about what they did. They don't have huge crowds of kids in the school, but they haven't had one case. And there's a lot of schools that are exactly like that. But I think that when they look at reopening, they have to weigh that component into the equation. What I said about children who are being abused, they're trapped in these situations, they can't get out, they need to be back in school, they need to be socialized. Sometimes it's the only place they get a good meal and they get two meals there. Uh, that has to be weighed when you're trying to decide when or where to open these schools.
Yeah, great point, John. And God bless these kids that are sitting home stuck in, in that type of abusive uh, uh, household. Uh, a heart's pour out to them. And, and, and staying on that, you mentioned here, too, obviously AOC is big with this socialism. And I'm just blown away by the way that it's been uh, just accepted by so many of our young Americans, this social, uh, socialist ideology. I've had Dinesh D'Souza on recently. He talked about how it's infiltrated the colleges in our country. Has it hit the school level, uh, high school level yet, this uh, socialist infiltration? And what, what is really the big allure for young kids to socialism? And how do we convince them that freedom, liberty is the far better option? All right, dads, the barbershops are finally open, but I can tell you right now, there's hair in one place they're never going to cut, and that's right around the area that made you a father in the first place. And when it comes to such a delicate area, you need the right tool for the job. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that is waterproof with skin-safe technology designed to reduce nicks or tugs in those valuables in your short pants. Also, Manscaped just released their Shears 2.0 luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools and includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file so you can pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners are going to save 20% off your order, plus get free shipping with my special promo code FATHER. Visit Manscaped.com and use the promo code FATHER and save 20% off your order, plus get free shipping. Manscaped.com, promo code FATHER, and you can shave that unwanted hair in your underwear today. I've had Dinesh D'Souza on recently. He talked about how it's infiltrated the colleges in our country. Has it hit the school level, uh, high school level yet, this uh, socialist infiltration? And what, what is really the big allure for young kids to socialism? And how do we convince them that freedom, liberty is the far better option? I think, it, it, you know, it starts very early. It starts in elementary school. And really what happened, and, I, and I've heard Dinesh talk about this, and I'll go back even further than he did. Uh, when they instituted the Common Core curriculum, all the parents went crazy about the math. Oh, we can't do the math. We don't understand the math. That allowed people to go in and redo all of the history textbooks from elementary school all the way through. If I showed you the elementary school textbooks and the high school textbooks and the anti-American slant that many of them have, you'd be you'd be just be shocked. Uh, even here in New York State, and I've talked about this publicly many times, the New York State U.S. History Regents is a politically correct trivial pursuit game where they regularly include people like Rachel Carson and Margaret Sanger as famous and powerful American women, and they leave James Madison out of the test. You know, and that's that's what you're dealing with from, from the ground up. And the other reason I think they've been able to be successful preaching socialism is that they, from the beginning, basically preach the fact that victimhood is key. That if you're successful, it's because you were successful on the backs of somebody else. They don't really preach exceptionalism or hard work, or that you can you can move up the economic ladder on your own. Like I said, perseverance, creativity, hard work, all of those things that we were all taught about growing up, they, they leave that out of the equation. They consistently preach the fact that if you were successful, you did so on the back of somebody else. And that's where that whole idea of quote unquote white guilt comes from. That's where that all comes from, this idea that you cannot be successful on your own. And that, I think that's really hurt this country tremendously. Yeah, and it's very scary just to see the way it's that, that it's been embraced. So uh, I, I pray that we have some kind of turnaround. And speaking of that, I mean, I, I'm a person, my kids I, I go to Catholic school. I'm a person that keeps God first in my life. How big of a role has your faith played as a teacher, as a police officer, as a father, and now running for office? 
Well, like I said, I, once I took my hands off the wheel and decided to, you know, let God drive the, drive the bus, uh, life becomes much simpler. Uh, do I, do I take the wheel back once in a while? I think everybody does. Um, but the more ground that I am, the simpler life is. And I really think it's the only reason that I've been able to get through this. Uh, this has been an interesting experience. I'm super glad that I did it. I hope it turns out positively. But the one thing also that's got me through it is that I know what I've done and whatever happens is God's will. And I was taught very early on that, you know, you need to pray for God's will and, and, and accept it. And then and then you move on. But I think that that's the most important lesson I've learned throughout my life. And like I said, I try to take the wheel back once in a while, but I usually end up uh, getting in a fender bender, if you will. I think we all do, John. And, and pulling it back into you as a father here just for a second. Um, obviously, as a police officer, school teacher, you're a very well-disciplined individual here. But what type of disciplinarian were you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, it's, I've never really thought about it that way. Uh, my dad, God rest his soul, uh, my dad did a tremendous job. My dad grew up in an abusive household. His father was gone when he was nine. Um, kind of difficult to talk about this, but my dad, my dad even had a scar in the middle of his forehead from getting a beating when he was eight years old that he had to look at every day. My dad never laid a hand on me. Uh, I was very blessed in that regard. You know, that could have gone the other way. It so often does, but my dad went the other way with it, but he was firm. And I knew when he raised his voice, I, I was, I was in some, some dangerous territory there. Um, and I, I try to do that too. Uh, I just try to lead by example. I, I was, I was firm, uh, but and, and they knew what the rules was. But you know what? In my house, we just had a good time. They knew the parameters early, and we had a good time. But I was very involved, too. Uh, because I was teaching high school, I was home pretty early. Uh, it allowed me to coach Little League. It allowed me to coach CYO basketball. I also have been involved at Fairfield University in Connecticut for 26 years as a radio and television announcer for their basketball. So my sons were always part of that. They'd come sit next to me with the headphones on while we were on the air and keep score and, and give me stats. And they were always part of the whole thing. So I think that was the big part. Just include them in everything that you do. They, you know, they know the parameters. But, you, you know, it has to be fun. If it's not fun, you're not going to be home. So. Yeah, very well said. Yeah, I was one of those persons that grew up with that. Just wait till your father comes home type of deal. And it was uh, if I was one of these kids out there and threw a brick through a window, I, I would pray that the cops got me before my dad got to me. And I don't think a lot of these kids have that when you don't have that type of discipline coming from the home. It, it allows them to do things like we see in this uh, defund the police hashtag that was created. I think is probably the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Well, what has been the response uh, in your community here uh, from? Uh, rebellious uh, defund the police type of hashtag and uprising against the police department what's been the take on it in your community it, the overwhelming majority of people don't want it i mean they do they do they want reform yeah it's in in some ways but they do realize too that it's very difficult to reform when you're underfunding the police department <laughs> if you're going to make changes you obviously have to fund it you know things like body cams and, and additional training and perhaps uh, giving uh, police officers in New York City a better salary. You know, the lowest paid police officers in the area, in the New York City area, go out into the suburbs, guys make a lot more money. So, you know, the, the idea of the fund the police, the people on the street know it's made it less safe. It's very tense. I think it stresses people out tremendously. Uh, I think that people are actually looking forward to the cold weather just so, you know, there's not all this activity on the street. And uh, you just pray that we, we get through this.
Yeah, well said. And uh, I'm putting this out here, Election Day. What is the difference between you and AOC? Why should New Yorkers vote for you over AOC? What are they going to get in a John Cummings, um, uh, uh, Congressman John Cummings? What are the people going to get out of that? They're going to get local representation. You know, I, I got into this because I want to represent everybody in the district. And it's clear that the congresswoman only wants to re- represent certain people. Uh, it's, it's very clear. Um, she wants to represent people who believe in her ideology. That's not what, represent, what representative government is about. You're supposed to represent the people in the district. We've been very clear about the fact that she's done a tremendous job creating a national persona for herself, but she's left the district behind. We had a great, a great opportunity the other day, and we took advantage of it. A congressman was on the cover of Vanity Fair magazine. I was on the cover of the Bronx Times Reporter. It's all you need to know about this election. I believe that it's a local election. I want to serve the people of the district. I've lived and worked in the district for 60 years, and I'm ready to do that. Yeah, very well said, John. And last thing I'm going to hit you with here, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? I would say enjoy it. Just enjoy it and all the blessings that it brings. Uh, it's a it's a great responsibility. There's nothing that feels any better than bringing children into the world, but you really have to enjoy every moment of it. You got you have to have some patience and some tolerance sometimes, but it goes so quickly. You know, I'm 60. All of a sudden, my kids are 27 and 25, and you're like, wow. You know, I was just coaching little league. <laughs> Where did that go? Um, and, and get involved too. Just get involved. Find find out what your kids like. You know, little league's not for everybody. You know, if they if they're into music, great. If they're into science, great. Just find what they can stick with them and support them all you can. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, John Cummings, you're a first class father all the way. Best of luck in the elections. The the Bronx is lucky to have you. And uh, thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Thanks, Alec. I appreciate it. Great speaking with you. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to John Cummings for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. I hope you guys enjoy your election day. I know there's going to be a lot of people very upset. Some will be very happy. No matter how this goes down today, guys, I hope that you can love one another. Uh, Please enjoy and appreciate your families out there. Dads, lead the way. Lead by example. And let's keep our family units tight in this country. We got to keep strong family units if we want to have any chance at a brighter future here in America. I'll be back with a fresh episode tomorrow. Andrew Clavin joins me on the podcast. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Call